Hey, Nick. Hey. I love it when we're cruising together. Boo, this well, last woman. time I cruised with you, things uh, left me walking a little funny. Yeah, well, true. Strap it on. Emily likes to peg. <laughs> hey, guys. It's your favorite final girl and boy, Emily and Nick, and your favorite final baby, Mike, hey, coming at baby. you with a new episode of Gag Me of the Night, a weekly podcast where we just take this and and shred the best and worst baby, slasher movies. Gag Me of the Night is continuing action slasher month. And this week, we have our favorite final special guest, final special guest, Brad, to help us uh, take a, a smooth, lubed drive through 1980s cruising. Emily, uh, lube up that box. Okay. A cop goes undercover to ferret out a killer. It's a compelling police action storyline, one that holds the promise of risk and excitement. And when the cop is played by Al Pacino, we know it's a promise delivered. Five-time Academy Award nominee Pacino, who took on police corruption as undercover Detective Serpico, pussy, and investigates a murderous singles world in Sea of Love, plunges into an even stormier sea in cruising. He plays Steve Burns, a New York cop who infiltrates the lurid subculture of male S&M to trap a killer preying on homosexuals. William Friedkin, the Oscar-winning director of The French Connection, whose other credits include The Exorcist and To Live and Die in L.A., guides us, guides us, guides this thrilling, guides. controversial murder mystery. Cruising may frighten you, disturb you. Above all, it will immerse you into mis- in a mystery. Because cruising doesn't matter, doesn't answer, I'm sorry. Because cruising doesn't answer all the questions it raises, it challenges you to bring your own insights and solutions to the dangerous puzzle. Steve Burns may be the key to the puzzle. He's both... He's both... I don't know. He's both the bait and the hunter in a leather nether world. He's cruising for a killer, and just when you think he's found him, the real mystery begins. 1980. Brad, what are your thoughts about this 1980 action slasher crime thrillers mystery. Uh, I fucking love it. This was my idea. This, <laughs> like, this is Brad's idea. It's been cooking for a while. Hey, uh, no. No, 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 give it to Brad, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but Slam no, no, done. I fucking love this he, movie. He brought it to our attention first of why didn't you guys do it? Because technically it is a slasher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people getting stabbed up. Yeah. All Slashing. the time. Um, no, I like this movie a lot. Um, one thing I did notice when I was watching it this time is. Um, you're not, except for Paul Servino, you're not getting really good performances out of some of like the best actors no. ever. Like it's it's a it's a hitter. It, it it has some hits and it has some misses in it. But yeah, it's like um, everyone's playing it kind of dead. Um, but I like that in like a weird like suburbia type way <laughs> that it's like. Well, yeah, I mean Richard Gere was the who freaking really wanted to play the role, and he's will stand by that but he still says now that you know he changed his mind about Pacino later and said he actually because of all the controversy going on during it like he was actually scared while mm. filming so uh, I mean he did give a legitimate performance I think uh, but I mean, yeah it, it, it's good but there's also some parts where you're just like okay I don't know <laughs> or you're like okay I think Whoa. that it really for me, it like the movie starts off really strong and it climbs to a peak pretty quickly and then it kind of plateaus for a while and then by the the end you're getting a little bit like okay. Yeah, it's <laughs> like an average night at a leather bar. Yeah, I mean, it takes you through the entire Builds up, plateaus, bar. and then you're like, okay. But you do learn about all the <laughs> handkerchiefs, which I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I like code. learning about yeah, that. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Mike, get us going. All right, we got a cool title curl and for some reason i always want to think it's a an apostrophe cruising Mm-mm. it's cruising mm-hmm. and we see a ginger boat guy finding an arm in the water and then we see cops examining said arm and the nails look like they're claws i guess maybe it's decomposed some and the doctor wants to call it a murder but the cops are like no then we see joe spinell and his partner the streets are very heavily populated. Oh, he populated. gives a little backstory of himself, which is at, very true to what had happened to Joe Spinell in his uh, love life. Like yeah, it's his, not good. Like the g- woman who left to go to Florida and all that. That's what his porn actress did to him. So Ooh. his porn actress poor, wife. Poor so he was just telling the story. And he was the just basically, rolling, yeah, and the and camera's like, rolling. He's like, let me tell you about how this bitch left me because she's a... <laughs> A whore or something. I don't know. There's a lot of Joe. You can really talk that shit. You want to be in a movie? (laughs) 
So the streets seem really the one, heavily populated. What movie populated. has Joe Spinell not in in the sun period? Sure, honestly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for any New York film that's not it. Yeah, yeah. Like. <laughs> He's in there somewhere. You're like, oh, Joe Spinell's ugly ass, is it? I forgot he was hey. in Rocky. Well, it's, it's wild. You know, I mean, like Paul Servino or whatever. And we just did I love Paul Servino. We Cervino. just did a Larry Cohen film or whatever. And he's There's in a lot of good actors in this movie. I, Paul Servino was in the second season of the original Law and Order. He was in the stuff. No, well, he was in this. Uh, he was the. Yeah, he's the other main detective in the second season of Law and Order with Chris Noth. And he does a very good job. He wears Russian fur hats very well. Just saying. Well, we see the cops picking up two trans types, right? Uh, they're not trans. Well, I think they're just. What I think they're just cross dressers. Cross dressing. <coughs> I think they're just cross dressing. Trans types. They're, they're cross dressing like they're sex workers. Like they're sex workers. Walking the streets, and they're harassing the shit out of them, and they make them. Do a little oral. And then we shift from their car to... Well, you can to... tell that's not the first time they've had to do it either. Like, those... Yeah. those They know those cops, and they're like, fuck. Yeah, we're going to have to do this again to get out. Like, it's uh, like Joe Jacob. Spinell and that other guy getting a little dumb and dumber. Yeah. They, they, they have a whole, like, <laughs> other <laughs> subplot where they go up. So, oh, man. That's layered. That's what, that's what we're calling heads from now so, on. I thought this was Al Pacino strutting into the private club. It's not, though. Um, it's he a does, he's not person. in the movie until, like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes into the movie. I, or, re- I don't think you see him until, like, 20 minutes into the movie. Well, he struts right into a very leathery bar. <laughs> and very leathery. Was that the name very, of the bar? It was a real okay. Well, I go to a bar called it, Very Leathery. It was a Fuck real. Yeah. Uh, all, these were all specials. filmed. All the clubs were actual real S and M bars that they filmed in. Everybody's getting wild with they some. They were run punk. by the mob. We see uh, men in jock straps um, with their butts hanging out. Uh-huh. There's a zipper face uh, guy, like in Pulp Fiction, and like, like in a, the movie Zipper Face. Yeah, it's like a bondage <laughs> a, mask with yeah, a zipper yeah. mouth, and. I don't um, know what you saw. I just saw a bunch of fellas having a good time. I'd yeah. say, that's kind of what I saw, too. Is this camaraderie? <laughs> I, I saw right. camaraderie. Brotherhood? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Unity. <laughs> Unity. <laughs> one man asks another man for a lighter, and he's like, I hate cigarettes. And one of them says, I'm having ego problems and need to be worshipped. And, yeah, adored. I thought that was a pretty good quote. Isn't that what we all need? Mm. Well, um, that's how you pick somebody up, damn it. <laughs> Then they're I back like at the being hotel, left the fuck alone. <laughs> and they're smoking some grass. <laughs> and um, I like it when they're just like, "Hey, want to fuck?" <laughs> yeah. You just get down to business, okay? Let's yeah, just yeah, let's yeah. say what we're doing. We're but not. They're, 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 get, they're getting hard lost. looking at wrestling magazines. Oh, I bet you love that. Yeah, I saw Bob Backlund and Harley Race were both featured. <laughs> See? But they're still wearing their boots. Uh, but this this is in, when Mike started jerking off, so the notes are going to be like, well, he started it. jerking off when he put the VHS in the fucking uh, VCR. He didn't watch it on VHS. He watched it on set. Probably. I watched it on Max. No, he was self-smoking before Max. he started the film. He started film. jerking off at the cityscape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 the title screen came on, and he had to pull his dick out immediately. I've been trying to not jerk off so much. I'm letting my power well up. I want my mojo. Yeah, but last time you didn't do it for What are you letting it well no, up for, Mike? Last time he didn't... Who knows? What's, your, last, what's your end goal you don't here? Have to talk the last about time he, did, he didn't jerk off for a while, he got so constipated he had to shit on a puppy pad. So. Well, now I have a squatty potty. Or as oh I like to God. call it, the stool yeah, stool. You, you might want to start jerking off because that's going to be your main form that's of right. mating yeah, for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds like your activity. I have... I have great poops now. Now I just <laughs> need to have you... some sex. <laughs> now what? Now what? You say now? You... Now, now I just need to have some sex. That's what he said. Well, yeah. Keep talking like you're talking. You're gonna it's have like, a lot hey, of it. It's coming straight to hey, you. Hey, babe, dude. do you mind if I eat that? <laughs> you gonna eat, you gonna finish that? Cum? He's talking about his cum. I think. You gonna finish that cum? Gross. I'm hungry. <laughs> Daddy needs some milk. Okay, you're assuming you all started this. Don't fucking. You're just, assuming that you're fucking someone, or they're giving you a blowjob or something. Are you gonna somewhere. eat the rest of that? That's only if she's swallowing. It's like the pickle they took off their hamburger. Oh yeah, he's the one that taught us so how Dude, guys you can uh, fake it. Or if you don't, if you don't get back to the movie, I'm gonna take your virginity. Okay. So, <laughs> um, are you threatening me? No. <laughs> 
Um, somebody gets that. So speaking of cornhole, the guys have <laughs> the guys have sex with the boots on on the bed. And that, one, that makes it not gay. One yep. of them wakes up Sons to the boots. other yeah. rifling through their stuff, and he's like, "Aren't you scared?" <laughs> and he's like, "Don't you have anything?" And he's like, no, I don't have shit. And he puts his knife to his neck. And I think the guy still thinks it's going to be some weird sex thing. But, uh. It's not. It's very creepy. And he gets flipped over and hogtied. And then stabbed, like, several times in the torso. Four times. Oh. And the doctors say that. Oh. (laughs) The next day there's cops and they're like, his anus is dilated, but there's no sperm in the semen. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> there better be sperm in my he semen. Did another wicked com- that you Why else would blanks. you eat it? If it's called no shooting blanks, it, Mike. Uh, yeah. If there's no sperm in it, why would you, you eat like it? Because you like the taste of it. You've so, already so, said so, that. The, the doctor just dipped his finger in. You don't like, know. There's no sperm in there. Yeah, that's all <laughs> like, he knows. That's all the doctor knows. He drinks your sperm. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a little light jizz. on the sperm. <laughs> well, that's just just no sperm. The sperm count in this movie is very low. Yeah, the sperm kill count. So. It seems like the same knife has been used in some previous killings. And uh, specifically one killing that's all, the only one referenced before the movie, which is John L. Richards. And he's put And he ID'd, died 10 years before the events photo of the ID'd film. But... With head giving guy. And. <laughs> head giving guy. He tries to tell his boss. You get a blowjob from it. It's just like, oh, yeah, bl- the bed giving girl. You know yeah, her. There's head a head giving girl up the street there if you want one. <laughs> <laughs> Will you write the goddamn notes? It's the head giving guy. That's how I know him. Uh, okay. That's how you know him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how you know him. <laughs> he tries to tell his boss. Somebody tries to tell their boss something, a cop. <laughs> and <laughs> they're playing. Someone tries to tell their boss. Something. Uh, could it's a cop? I think. There's some computer. The there's some computer chess and Al Pacino. Um, what? Some- <laughs> Why did you decide to write that down as a bullet point? That there's computer chess. Because computer chess is cool for 1980. <laughs> Ben's probably out there playing on his phone right now. Like also little, ki- cruising. little kids used to like play computer chess. Now they just catch Pokemon. Nope. They, oh, some people God. Chess Listen on, to him. They have an let, app No, let, let him go. Let him dig his own. Uh, so Al Pacino gets called to the boss's office. I don't think those people are listening to this show. And Not anymore. <laughs> they haven't been for a while. The, the boss cop kind of lets him know what's up and what he wants him to do. The boss cop. The captain. Yeah, <laughs> Al Pacino's just like, I love it. Let's do this pole. shit. And then he's in bed with his hot ass wife, Karen Allen, from Scrooge fame. <laughs> oh, she wasn't in that yet, but yeah. Yeah, no, this is future Scrooge. This is very, very pre-Scrooge. It's before Indiana Jones yeah. and Starman. This is like one of the first. Of her first. Like that that was the was first thing a, that Mike said of, of she, Karen Allen fame of, of Scrooge. Of Scrooge. Uh, that's, the, that's the heavy hitter. <laughs> Actually, I've like, never seen any. Well, I haven't seen the Indiana the Jones movies, and if I have, they were when I was. Was little. she in an Invasion of the Body Snatchers with Donald Sutherland? No. No. Oh, she a looks a little lady. bit like um, she looks like the girl scrape him off, clear. Okay, scrape him off. Okay. So we see him getting out of a taxi, and goes to his new place, and he finds some porn. She looks like Barbara Hershey, kind of to me, honestly. And he's going through the prints. Wh- she? she was in Animal House. Yes, she was. In she's yeah. in, sorry, that's who I know her. That's where I know her that's, from. She's the, she's, she's Boone's girlfriend Sutherland. in Animal House. She's with Don Sutherland. Yes, you're right. She's ass. in don't, uh, in what? Is it Body Satchers? No, she's not in the invasion. Karen Allen is not in the invasion. I I know she's in she's Boone's girlfriend in Animal House. And she fucks Donald Sutherland in that movie. The teacher with a bear behind. Anyway. Not like a bear's tail, like bears and We know. She was also in Manhattan and the Wanderers in Knott's Landing for one episode, but not Invasion of the Body Satchers. Go on. Okay. Go, Mike. I'll go. So he's going to burn these porns, but um, he's stopped by one of his housemates. And they go for coffee. It's Ted. And he's a gay playwright. And they have breakfast. Oh, he's nice. And his story is that he's Jesus quit school. And, and now he's a, an artiste. And Ted's and, talking like, about our, all the killings. He talks about how his roommate doesn't like that. Or they get in fights about it because he's not, he's not making any money. He's like downgrading his like artistic ability. 
Yeah. It's a gay fight. Oh. They have a gay fight about they it. They have a gay fight. Yeah. A lover's quarrel. So he goes Spat. to the leather club. <laughs> well, that's what you do when you and get... Yeah, I just I just need some air. I... Some this, thick, musty, mustachioed, leather art. hair. Well, he if goes, you tell me I can't do art again, I swear to God, I'm going to have to go to the leather club. <laughs> he, yeah. see, he sees all these bandanas and he goes into the Too store art. and we find out that... If you're wearing a light blue one and it's on the left, you want a blowjob. If it's on the right, you want to give a blowjob. Green is if you're like selling sex for money. Uh, if it's on your left. Yeah, and then pissing is the yellow one. And he starts talking about the red, which I guess is probably pretty violent. I mean, but, it's just butt sex, I think, Mike. Um, uh, just regular butt sex. Yeah. Um, that can be pretty violent. But it he can walks be. away. It's, there's blood involved. We see him putting I on thought, I thought it was a little bit convoluted. Now, I know, it's a, I, I know this is all real. The the uh, handkerchiefs, but I don't know if I could keep it all. Like, I mean, I guess you know which one you are, so you just have that one handkerchief, and you don't really have to are keep you it all. I do know eight Joe Spinell movies, but I don't think I could <laughs> work out this handkerchief system. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm just glad I don't have to. Well, Usually, straight guys are down for anything. So someday like, you might need to know. Why would I ever need to know? I'm never going to be a gay man maybe, in the Maybe 80s. you'll be into that kind of shit. I think you just want to be peed on. No, I've had that, and I didn't like it. It's not fun. It's not fun. Back off. It's not. It seems like maybe you'll be hot. It's worse when they want it, too. And I'm like, I, and you just want to go to the bathroom. They're like, they're wanting to watch you. And you're like, I just want to fucking be. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Stop. Well, Get out. Yeah, go Pacino. get a ladle and get it out of the toilet. You know how much I'm harder done. this is already? <laughs> just to be yeah. right now? Can you just get out? Let He's, me get rid of it, and then you do whatever you want with it. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it here. Yeah, it's in that bowl over there. <laughs> He's putting on makeup so he can go to the Wolf's Den. Who? Al Pacino. Oh, okay. Steve. There's a killer team, killer team playing. It looks like some of these guys are kind of dressed up like Nazis. No, that is, they're, yeah. No, they're like, dressed up like Rob they're, they're dressed up like cops and stuff. They're dressed like, yeah, Rob Alfred. And we do see Joe <laughs> and his partner from earlier, who's also in a lot of stuff. I just don't know his name. And one of them's got the yellow on his head. So he must really like the piss. He's, he's, he's yeah. yelling to he the world, Anders, pee on me. A little piss hey, a guy, or I'll pee on you. I don't know. You there's know. a guy pumping iron. And I and Iron is a is Arn. a guy named Iron. Yeah. <laughs> Iron Johnson. Yeah, he, he, he I just wrote that as yeah, debauchery. He's, he's pumping his dick into a guy that has a shirt that says Iron. Yeah. My name is Iron. You just pumping, right. pumping hard. And then we see. The, I, I don't know what I really imagined when I was giving you, you we to this, this fucking material. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I wasn't expecting Mainly this. not me. <laughs> What the fuck was I thinking? Well, this, is the first, this is the first time we get to the gay That's why park. That's never pushed it too hard. <laughs> uh, at the beginning of this, I want you to be like, we got your favorite final special guest. Welcome to Eden, the gay park where everybody's fucking all the time. And Doesn't even care. They're in the park, and he makes eye contact with Joe Spinell's character, but it doesn't lead to anything. And no the, ne- shit. the next morning, uh, Paul Servino pulls him aside, and um, he's like, "Hey, you, Tommy, hey, you, you." He talks okay. about Tommy the Joker, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. which doesn't mean shit. Uh, but then he's back in the park, and the killer's around. Because we know because of the voice, you know. Um, and he leaves with the guy, and they go to park. There's lots of dudes. There's creepy singing. Who are uh, you? Do it. Do it. What is it? Where are you? I'm here. You're here. Where are you? Yeah. And he laughs, and he That's runs weird. off. Yeah. And the killer was stabbed, is what I wrote. The killer gets stabbed here, right? And then Al Pacino's fucking his wife. And he's hitting it hard from the back. And she's, he's, got, is he pumping iron? Well, Mike? he's fucking her harder than normal because she's like, "Oh my goodness!" <laughs> and uh, it's, they've got a pretty nice place. And we see, oh, then we yeah, say, great, awesome, yeah. But he's, he's Ted, fucking her hard. Then we see Ted <laughs> walking. Cool. Nice decorum. And there's a knifing in Central Park. Oh no! Then there's a uh, there's news headlines and it says homo killer and. 
Ted. That's the guy. Yep. <laughs> that's his name. Goddamn <laughs> Ted and Steve are at the cafe. Yeah, they're friends. I think that I like their little friendship. I think it's cute. He's yeah. just using him to get information. I think he no. I, I think it. That's what I think it starts off like that, but I think he does. Friend. To I think he but does genuinely start liking him, like as a friend. So Bobby was angry, and Al's walking at night down some stairs. Oh, it's another club. And this is the cop theme club where people are like getting fucked Jiggy by nice sticks. I think they say it's called the Sixth District or something like that. There's yeah, I think I have the names the in the, in the um, trivia. There's some blowjobs, and somehow he gets kicked out. <laughs> and he gets followed and hit on by somebody. And he's like, not tonight. And then we see him in bed with uh, with old Karen Allen again. There's this a terrified is, okay, look. This is one of my well, favorite fucking scenes in cinema. This is like, it's, I was talking about all the, how it's not a lot of good performances. I love this scene. Pacino or Karen? Where oh, no, it Karen is. Allen starts going down on Al Pacino. He looks terrified. And the music changes to the same music that's been pumping in these queer clubs that he's been going to. And he starts tearing up. And it's like, oh. Uh, and she doesn't really, she doesn't know now. like what he's doing. And so, She's also like, in real harder, life, honey. she wasn't given the script until like the last minute anyway there is something I'll go into this trivia well, so in, like she didn't know a lot of the movie for like three and a half but minutes she, so. yeah, yeah she, had, she actually had a lot more that was cut but mm-hmm. uh yeah she didn't know a lot of what was going on on purpose <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's basically her getting railed yeah. or something for a and minute not understanding and a half, why sex is changing every time and then like a point later yeah so People are getting in cars. People are in cars. There's a dude in the club. This and is like the show that about the cars and coffee that yeah. they do with David Letter. Is that Jerry Seinfeld? It's like I hate him. He's such an asshole. <laughs> oh god. Cruisers and cars getting coffee. And they don't. And he can't just say sorry that Larry David's a better writer because Curb Your Enthusiasm is better than Seinfeld. All right. See ya. All right. Easy killer. Well, well, he, well you know what. Larry Wait, David wasn't a good stand-up comedian. You're comparing comedian. the writing of Kirby Enthusiasm is better than the writing in Seinfeld. The acting, well, where Kirby Enthusiasm is famously a show with no script. It's well, no, it's a, but it's the same <laughs> like, writer. What? The Larry David was a writer on Seinfeld. Yeah, so. but I mean, it's like the famously really... supposed to be like a four-page script for like. Well, that's what yeah. he does on on Curb too, though. Yeah, that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, except for Larry David wasn't as good at stand-up, and I, but I don't think Jerry Seinfeld's great at stand-up. So whatever. What's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal with with these uh, places? What's the deal with these prices? Uh, uh. Slash. Slashing prices. Mm Mm-hmm. Why don't you the slash your way back, in back to the movie? Slash back into the movie. Okay, so there's a film booth and they're holding hands. Oh, and there's the zipper head and the shadow <laughs> well, knight. Hey, 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 dude! Uh, wait, we said get back into the movie, but like explain. Okay. So zipper head, come on now. There's gonna be. They're going into the watch uh, a porn movie, and you guess to fuck or whatever. They go in holding hands. And there's a guy with a zipper head mask, and you see in like in the shadow on the projection um, a knife in a hand, and then there's blood on the screen. Somebody got murdered, and then Al Pacino. Is this the home. third murder or the second one? There was. Uh, Why do you ask me? I think it's sorry, the third. Sorry, because the second. Because okay, well the second one, the second person that gets killed is the guy that killed was the killer in the first. Like he, the first killer I is the, the second s- guy that gets killed. The second killer. It, no, it is. I, I yeah. wrote down. No, I, well, I'm one hundred. The killer got stabbed. The killer got stabbed. Yeah, no, the that killer. The in the, like the first guy that kills the guy in the hotel is the second guy to get killed mm-hmm. in the in the park. But anyway, this is only the third killing in the film booth, I think. Okay. With a shadow knife. That's Half these dudes about. look like they were in the dictator. A lot of them so look alike. They, 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 they look alike. They kind they of look, look, look like Al Pacino. Well, they look alike. It on looks purpose. like the cover to Blood Brothers. Mm-hmm. That yeah, yeah, dude, this, the whole <laughs> movie looks like the cover of Blood Brothers, dude. Like, I love that about it. It's it looks like I thought it was Blues Brothers. No, yeah, the dictator's album, the Blues Brothers, yeah. The, 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 the real second album, oh, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, 
Um, so Al gets home and he overhears an argument and somebody's losing it. And he's like, fuck this, I'm out of here. And Dave, the chiefs, um, the chief tells him to wrap it up. We're out of funding. But then a cop is found. Uh, wrap it up or you might catch something. Yeah, it's called a, be a little bit wiser, baby. Put it on, put it on. A the, condom. The cops found a <laughs> fingerprint. And we're back at the club. There's a cool, like, American flag Where did they find the fingerprint, Mike? Um, on the butthole. Where did they find the fingerprint? <laughs> yeah, on the butthole. Okay. Are you Where sure did they find the fingerprint? <laughs> I, I can't remember. I have no idea. About on the condom, maybe? It's like a slick rig sample. Yeah, the butthole. Yeah. The butthole. <laughs> uh, they went to the butthole. Went to the butthole. No way to put a subtle All the matters is the that butthole. they found it, okay? All right, whatever. So there's a American flag in black and white bulbs that I thought looked kind of cool. And you would. You we at America. the club. There's some chain swinging. There's some greased hand manual anal action. Uh, <laughs> Damn, he's rapping. AKA fisting. AKA fisting. Skip, yeah. And we hear that Skip Lee's a bad dude. But then. <laughs> Don't nice. go don't go fisting with him. Don't go around skip Lee with that fisting action. But then Al Pacino gets it on the dance floor and he's, <laughs> he's like freaking bow, out. Bow, bow. And there's a cool so effect where it looks like he's on drugs or something because it's like wow, wow, wow. Oh wow. no, he just did a whip it. And he did poppers probably is what happened. <laughs> there's a big real. group hug. Oh, he smelled some smell uh, smelling poppers. Is yeah. Ma- yeah, like, wow, 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 wow. There's a big group hug and it's real cute. And then Al Pacino is with a cop, and they're talking about Skip, and there's some card tricks happening, and <laughs> the cop pulls the blonde informant. Love this. And somebody's singing, who's here, we're here, it's, sing it. It's I'm here, you're, you're here, who's we're here. Yeah. Like that, yeah. We're here. And then the cops show up at the Iron Horse, and they get some nice steaks. And Skip is the busboy at this place. That's why they're there. And there's some kind of knife analysis happening. And Paul Sorvino's showing him the knife. Al Pacino, like, takes it. And he's with Skip at the motel. You can tell it's under surveillance. And there's trouble with the surveillance equipment. Oh, no. We're going in. And there's a whole ass fucking vice squad knocking at the door. He's in a towel. Al's all tied up, hogtied, like we'd seen some people that died get hogtied before. Yeah, but I mean... And we skip straight to the questioning. And the okay, guy, the that, guy's okay, like, he a, cruised me! That's a real thing, too. The, 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 black, the black guy that's in there, too, like, that's Oops. in S&M gear. That is a real tactic that they used to use. And oh. I think that guy was... I'll go into the, with the trivia. Am I going too fast? No, you're no, going no, too slow. Good. Oh, okay. Well, the questioning, he cruised me. Operation Mike Speed. Yeah, uh, this big black fella in a jockstrap slaps the shit out of uh, the suspect. They and that's sep- whenever I started jerking off in the movie. They True. separated <laughs> them, and um, he uh, throws the guy, he takes the guy's hat and throws it out the window. And then Skip, Skip cracks, and the slapper slaps Skip again. Slapper. And they give out knives at his work. We find out, like, everybody that works with Skip is given knives. And he's like, take, the one of the cops is like, take your pants off. What? It's real fucked up. And he's like, we need a sperm sample floating nuts. And floating Floating, nuts. Floating nuts. Floating nuts. And the prints don't match. That's not him. It's not Skip. We know that. And Steve's like, I'm going to go see Nancy, my wife. And there's weird tension between them. She's worried about you. And he's like, I'm going to cut loose for a while. But he goes and meets his boss, Sorvino. They're on an escalator. And he's like, I can't fucking and do he this. And he does that trick I where he to tries quit. to run up an escalator that's going down. And it's really just a slapstick comedy. <laughs> I've, I've, I've done that a few times. Then he's at FAO Schwartz dancing on the fucking keys. Like, <laughs> yeah, then, he get, then it's not a real staircase. He's yeah. just like walking down it very Then a child yeah. gets shredded by the staircase. What movie did we watch? That happened in... in oh, yeah. Then Terror that happened in Terror Firm. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Terror Rescue 911. Yeah. That's Nine, a great scene. Rescue 911 has an episode where a kid's dragging got caught in an escalator it's and like he almost rips. died because they couldn't he was like choking anyway it was scary for me anyway anyway um there's weird tension 
He's cutting loose. Oh, yeah, he wants to quit. And Serena's like, yeah, he ain't fucking oh, yeah. quitting. There's not going to be anybody else that I can get to do this. Dude, that is, okay, so whenever, th- this is my favorite scene because this kind of mimics um, Serpico. In Serpico, you know, it's like about cor- police corruption and all that shit. And he's like, I'm out. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm out. I can't take it And this anymore. one, he's like, hey, hey man, um... Yeah, like yeah, I'm, I'm having a, a real hard time with this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's like it's like, nah, you're the only guy in the force I can get to go date a dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, he doesn't even. He's like, uh, well, I, mm, okay. yeah, he, he like stumbles well, it, but it's like kind of the same. Over that scene, that's one my of wife, the best like scenes before. is Paul Servino just sitting this cadet down. Is what we're assuming he's a fucking cadet or something. Yeah, yeah he's, he's wearing weird. a uniform with the fucking like. Fucking like Barney Fife badge. Oh, he's a brand sure. new cop. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, hey, have you ever had a man smoke your pole? Yeah. You ever sucked a man's cock? Like, and he's yeah. like, an opportunity. Like, try? You're kidding. Yeah. And then Paul Sabrina just goes, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not at all. It was like, it's such a good quote. Um, fucking, I, I don't know. It's a good scene. Paul Sorvino kills it like he always fucking kills it. Yeah, he it. always does. But the, my point earlier was like, there are really good fucking actors in this movie that are that almost they're, you well, can they're see how they don't give a fuck in their eyes or something. Well, I also think they're underutilized in the movie. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, okay, didn't want just have, wanted to kind of address that Servino Pacino scene from earlier. All right, he apologized, Mike. So Servino wants him. <laughs> Servino hands him some photos from his school, and he's like, "Look at these photos, see if you recognize anybody." And Al Pacino does it, and he does. Recognizes this dude, Stuart Simmons. And he gets the address, and Stuart starts running from him. And then he's pumping iron while another guy's watching. We know what that means. <laughs> Iron's there? Iron's there again. Iron's there again? <laughs> Jeremy's there? Dude, cigarettes are only 50 cents. <laughs> and he's like, don't call me Stevie. <laughs> That's the part where Mike started jerking off. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> 50 cent cigarettes. Oh, shit, baby. You can get Lucy's like, are half that, though. I bet Lucy's are up to 50 cents. That's good oh. shit. I bet you that's the cost of Lucy's now. Oh, balls. I spent $6 on nails. three loose cigarettes. <laughs> so... Um... He's like, don't call me Stevie. And then Al's watching him. And there's a fade shot. This real cool. And there's a montage. And he shows up at the the land of Eden. The the park where all the gay guys hang out. And he's cruising. And he's got the light blue in his right pocket. You know. And he's uh, back to watch. That means he head. He's watching. He's just watching. I think I got it. I think I got Wait. it. Wait. Right, no, right. Left, left pockets you receive get, get. Le- right uh, as you yeah, get. Maybe you're right. He must suck some dick, and and a, he's looking for it. But you pe- forgot today's opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. So he decides I'm just gonna Whoopsie. I'm just gonna break into uh, Stewart's place, and he breaks his fan. That son of a bitch. Only an asshole would break somebody's fan. That's true. That's holy property. And there's a cool Jesus sketch. Stop jerking off with the fan scene. It it doesn't, it it struck me as a not killery apartment. Okay. Okay. (laughs) He's snooping around and he finds some leather, Nazi looking bullshit. And he finds some files and there's letters to this guy, John Roberts. Uh, It's his dad, written to his dad. And he's watching him on the bus. He's like really like tailing this dude. Well, that's his job, <laughs> Mike. Him. So, did you guys hear that the fucking yeah, flea market caught on fire? fire? Tail it, dude. Dude, Green Acres is the ash. place to be. <laughs> no, Green Acres is ash. Wait, what are you talking about? Well, I don't have no well, idea. Green like Acres flea market. This sounds like okay. Word oh, you know, he's giving like this sounds like word salad to me. It also just sounds like something that's. So, I don't think Al was there. So what's up? Al back at home. He's playing the piano, and. Oh, he sees. No, it's not Al Pacino. It is Stewart is back home. He's he's a creep. He's fingering. Actually, the, wait, let's talk about how the fuck are you gonna burn down a metal building? 
<laughs> okay, now let's continue. Okay, he's fingering the piano. He sees that the fan's broken. Again. And he sees Al Pacino. And he sees the letters and have the been fucked up. And the one time they actually fingers someone, he says finger banging. And there's an audio wow. flashback. And it's him talking to his dad on a park bench. And then it's hogtied. And there's another black and white flashback. And uh, Stuart has a knife. We figured that out. Al knocks on Ted's door. And there's a conversation with his roommate. So is that? I didn't realize that Ted was Stewart's roommate. Okay. Until well, now. Okay. But uh, he uh, Al breaks in to beat the shit out of him, and Stewart pulls a knife. Al's like, okay. And he goes and takes a bus to the gay park, and he's watching Stewart there, and the lights go out. They go out, and chase to a different park. I don't know. There's lots of parks. I they think sit, it's the same park. It's just this different area of the park. But he sits but, on the uh, bench, and Al sits on the other side, and asks if he's got a light. And they're flipping their butts, and the cigarette butts. I, we got, <laughs> we got <laughs> Wait, and then he puts on. I was on, wondering. He yeah. takes oh, Stewart's hat and puts it on. They're taking turns. And it's like, let's go, each other's butts. let's go fuck in this tunnel. And they start to undress. And he's like, hips or lips? And then there's a knife fight. And Al strikes first, and Stuart is in the hospital, and we find out about Al being a cop. Stuart didn't know. You mean Steve. Steve is the cop. I know, but... Stuart found out that Steve is a cop. You keep calling him Al. Oh. Like you know Al Pacino. So, <laughs> Stuart says that so. Steve, Al, attacked him. Al! Attacked him, and... That okay, he, Peg. He had never killed him. Stuart's like, I never killed anybody. And Steve, uh, we see him getting a promotion to detective. And then we see cops, and earlier there's something said about people pretending to be cops, like it's maniac cop well, that, or something. No, that's because in the leather bar, they have, like, cop nights. Well, anyway, we see two people. That's why, though. We see so. we see two people that look like cops, and they're at Ted's, like looking around. And this is where Al Bundy was. Ed O'Neill's Al in this Bundy. movie. Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Ed O'Neill's in this movie for a second. Oh yeah, he second. is in this movie. Oh shit! I think he's a fake cop. You're right. He's a, it's the first movie he's ever in. It couldn't it's be a, Stewart. At, um, you're right. There are two guys. One of them is Ed O'Neill with yep. Ted, the kind of guy that's got like a, a white boy fro. That is Stewart's roommate. And the next thing we know, he's dead. They find some letters, and there's craziness going on in the neighborhood. And we see Paul Servino with Joe Spinell. And he kind of recognizes his name from him being um, complained about by one of the informants that he kept making give him head, right? Mm-hmm. So we see that Ted is way dead. Mm-hmm. And we. We see, like he's really fucking dead. Yeah, Ted's uh, gotten the worst of uh, out of anyone we've seen. Pretty yeah, much. but then we uh, see Al Pacino walking away, and Karen's walking, and he gets home, and we see Al Pacino shaving, and he's back, and he ends up nicking himself. She puts on a record, and she finds some S and M gear and puts it on. And it's real hot. And mm-hmm. he breaks the no, wall. Al Pacino breaks the wall. <laughs> and he's just staring. Don't, don't you open your mouth. And staring into the camera. Hot. It's hot. I hit it. It's hot. It weirds him out. He's conflicted though about it. There are boats in the morning, and I imagine they're going to find another body part. Oh, no, because I, I don't that. think he ever sees her in the SNM go, right? It ends with him he, staring in the mirror. Yeah, you're right. Because the, it's staring, questionable. Oh, yeah. he's staring in the mirror. I thought he was staring directly in the camera. No, he's, no, he's staring he's in the staring mirror. He's staring in the mirror, kind of. He's yeah. wondering things he's about himself. He's forever changed. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, so I've got a lot of trivia about but that I know, do, doesn't it also end too with like uh, the scene? The, it's like a, a, a reshot of like the I first know, scene of like a leather dude that looks vaguely like the killer from behind walking into the club after the scene of him in the mirror. Yeah. Like Not so, it's like no, no. The last scene well, is, is him. So it's like, but it's it's either right before that or everybody gives you the the thing of like maybe the killer wasn't. Uh, Caught or whatever. Well, the killer wasn't. definitely wasn't caught because Ted's dead also, and that guy's in the people. hospital. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go into all that. Okay, so the kill count's kind of weird in this movie because uh, you'll see why. Okay. <laughs> so oh. fucking weird. Because uh, all the sperm. It's got a little sugar yeah, in its tank. The There's lots one of is Lauren Lucas, <laughs> Lauren Lucas, who's stabbed multiple times in the back by Eric Rossman. 
Two is Paul Vincent, stabbed multiple times in the back by an unknown killer. Who's That's just mentioned. Then three is Tim Lowe, who stabbed multiple times in the back by an unknown killer mentioned. Okay, I don't know if these are all the same person or if they're different people because they don't really say. Yeah, that's what's kind of cool So about it's either four, switch. five, six, and seven or... Oh, it means it's four, five, and six or just four. Mm-hmm. An unknown, le- unknown leg, torso, and <coughs> arm found floating in the Hudson River. Um, they don't. They don't say that it's, it's the same guy, but they also don't say it's not the same guy. So, um, so number seven or five is Eric Rossman, who stabbed multiple times in the back by an unknown killer. Eight or six is Martino Perry, who stabbed multiple times in the back by Stewart. Nine or seven is Ted Bailey. He stabbed multiple times by either Gregory Milanese or Steve Burns. That one could be Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Ten or part of four is unknown <laughs> male body part found floating in the Hudson River at the end. Okay. The budget was $11 million. With inflation, uh-huh. today it would be around $40.4 million. It grossed $19.8 million. With inflation, that's about $73 million. Mm-hmm. So it, had a, it made a 44% profit. Uh, two of the notorious gay bars featured in the film Mineshaft and Eagle's Nest eventually barred <laughs> William Friedkin. Mineshaft is yep. the shit, dude. Eventually, that's awesome. uh, they eventually barred <laughs> William Friedkin. For research, <laughs> William Get the Friedkin. Fuck out of here, Normie. For for research, William Friedkin worked with members of the mafia, which owned most of New York City's gay bars at the time. Um, he also did some some of his research for the film by attending gay bars dressed in only a jockstrap. The club would have theme night where patrons had <laughs> Hello, to dress. Hello, fellow kids. What's up, yeah. Bill? How he did, you it for, doing? No, he did it for months. Um, so the clubs would have theme nights where patrons had to dress like cops, wear only jockstraps, or even go completely nude. Mark Hermode asked William Freakin if he ever visited the clubs on these nights, and Freakin replied, yes, and I was the ugliest guy in the room. Nobody ever hit on me. <laughs> <laughs> the early club scene was filmed at the Mineshaft, a members-only club for the purpose of extreme S&M. All the extras are the club's actual members. The man who owned the club was the head of the Gambino crime family and another of Freakin's friends. And freaking said, I used to uh, go to his house and have breakfast with him in his kitchen. He said that they would, they could film there as long as the movie wasn't about his business. On first viewing of the film, Richard Hefner, head of the ratings board, said there aren't enough X's in the alphabet to raise to, to rate this movie. There's also, there's only one X in the alphabet, but okay. In my old age, Roger Ebert bitching about movies is turned into something I really like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, they both do it really bad. But... He gets real fucking high and mighty oh, for a gets... guy who wrote Beyond Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, yeah and also, exactly. like, just with Slasher, but whatever. Karen Allen was never shown a complete script before she worked on this film. Uh, director William Friedkin deliberately kept her in the dark since her character wasn't supposed to be aware of what was happening to Al Pacino's character as he explored the gay underworld. Most of Karen Allen's performance ended up on the cutting room floor, however. Um, Richard Gere was William Friedkin's first choice for the lead and was even signed for the lead role and was very excited for the project. And uh, Friedkin said, I think he would have been wonderful because he had a strange, ambiguous quality about him. Pacino got a hold of the script and decided he wanted the role, and as one of the biggest and most acclaimed actors at that time for Serpico, Godfather, Godfather 2, Dog Day Afternoon, yeah. it was decided that he would be the better bet. He was like, you don't understand, Billy. I need this. <laughs> <laughs> the ongoing protest. I'm so goddamn I mean, successful. He, he does I need a really this. good job as, like, you know, in Dog Day Afternoon with that kind of role. But anyway. I love Sydney and uh, Matt films. I love Serpico and Dog Day the, Afternoon. I don't like Serpico because he's a little bitch in the whole movie. Oh, but anyway. On, man. He's like, the ongoing protest from the gay community about the making of the film caused Al Pacino to become extremely uncomfortable with the role during filming. Friedkin stated he had never frequented that world and it freaked him out throughout the whole film. If there's a note that oh, appears oh, to be. Oh, oh, oh. If there's a note that appears to be fear in his performance, it was there for real. They agree that Pacino's fear actually benefits the character, but Friedkin makes it very clear that he still wishes he'd come with you. He had already done Panic in Needle Park, and he was scared listen, of this shit. For, listen, for a long time, Pacino <laughs> wouldn't talk about the film, and Friedkin said, that's a good thing because he's not very eloquent. Oh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. However. However. I'm out okay. there, and I've got a great ass. However. however <laughs> 
Freakin' still wish he had gone with Richard Gere for the lead, but he came to appreciate Pacino's performance in the film. He said, I think that Pacino's performance works now. I didn't at the time, but I can see that there are aspects of it now that do work, which I didn't realize when we were shooting. I thought I'd made a mistake. The scene where Pacino's character confronts his neighbor's roommate and kicks in the door is the aunt's quote, the only scene where I let Pacino cut loose and do a Pacino, says Freakin'. Um, in addition to protests that occurred when the film was released, the production itself was plagued by demonstrations protesting it. Protesters would clog streets, make lots of noise in order to ruin live recorded sound, and even climb up on the rooftops and shine lights with reflectors down on the set to disrupt the lighting and distract the crew. Angered over reports of the film's negative portrayal of gay life that leaked out during shooting, activists distributed hundreds of whistles to members of New York City's gay community and encouraged them to spoil extra exterior filming on city streets by blowing them loudly whenever they spotted a crew from the film shooting on location, a tactic that cost the studio a considerable amount of money that had to be spent on lost production time and post-dubbing. The actor portraying the killer in the first murder also portrays the second victim murdered in the park. And, okay, this where gets, this is where it's like the true story part. Okay, in 1977 and 78, the gay community in New York City was terrorized by a series of quote-unquote bag murders. Six male victims were murdered, mutilated, and dismembered, their remains wrapped in black plastic bags and dumped into the Hudson River. Some of the, gl- some of the grisly fragments washed up on the New Jersey shore, obviously, Some others came to ground near the World Trade Center, clearly. Police traced items or recovered clothing to a shop in Greenwich Village catering to gays, and distinctive tattoos identified one of the victims as a well-known member of the gay community. Because several of the cases involved unidentified persons and there was no confirmed cause of death, the crimes were not officially classified as homicides, but were listed listed as CUPPIs, circumstances (laughs) undetermined pending police investigation. One of the cases was solved due to evidence collected in an unrelated case. On September 14, 1977, film crit- critic Addison Verrill was beaten and stabbed to death in his New York apartment. Charged with the slang, this Paul Bateson, a 38-year-old x-ray technician, confessed to meeting Verrill in a Greenwich gay bar and having, after having sex, Bateson admitted to crushing the victim's skull with a metal skillet after stabbing Verrill in the heart. Convicted of the homicide on March 5th, 79, he was sentenced to a term of 20 years of life in prison. While in custody awaiting trial, Bateson bragged of killing other men for fun, dismembering their bodies, and dropping the bagged remains in the Hudson River. This case inspired the novel upon which this film is based. Detectives were satisfied that Bateson actually was the serial killer that they had been looking for, but lack of solid evidence resulted in his not being ever charged for those murders. So, um, it's also... A capsule of the bygone era where first reports of AIDS related illnesses were reported in 1970. So here is the tie in with William Freakin. In 1972, director William Freakin, who had become very prominent after the French connection, was shooting The Exorcist in downtown New York. For a scene requiring mock brain scans of the possessed lead character, he shot a real life radiologist and his assistant, Paul Bateson. In 1979, Friedkin was planning an adaptation of Gerald Walker's novel Cruising, which was inspired by a real-life serial killer who targeted leather boys in the city's underground gay bars and then later uh, dumped their dismembered body parts in the river. When Friedkin learned that his exorcist radiologist assistant Bateson was awaiting trial for the post-coital slaying of gay film critic Addison Verrill, Friedkin decided to visit him for research into the psyche of his cruising killer. Bateson was later sentenced to life in prison for Veril, but not before dropping hints while in custody that he was also the body bag killer. Those cases remain unsolved. There's a good chance that Friedkin had not only inadvertently consulted the actual killer responsible for the murders of the subject of both the novel and the film it was based on, but that he had also cast him in a film he had made, made years before. That's Some of the parts were found in body bags belonging to NYU's Medical Center Neuropsychological Division, which is where he filmed a scene for The Exorcist. Bateson admitted committing the first murder but having no recollection of the rest. Friedkin spoke with a man who survived an attempted murder by a legend serial killer at the time, and he mentioned the assailant's little sing-song couplet, Who's here? I'm here. You're here. That's the... So, he made note of it included in the film. Um, One of Friedkin's friends on the police force, Detective Randy Jurgensen, has a role here as the lead detective and was the real inspiration for Pacino's character. He's the cop who went undercover trying to catch the real killer and told Friedkin... 
uh, that the work made him question his own sexuality. The 6'5", um, African-American yeah. man wearing a jock strap and a cowboy hat is played by the real cop who really used to do this during certain interrogations. <laughs> they did that in part so the perp would lose credibility when trying to complain about the te- detective's behavior. It was very extracurricular, said William Freakin. Uh, yeah. the, it's like scared straight for adults. Yeah. The morgue scene was the first time a feature film was given permission to shoot in an actual morgue. The city's chief medical examiner, Michael Baden, was fired for that decision, <laughs> but he went on to a lucrative career as an expert forensic witness. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian De Palma really wanted to direct, to direct this film, but his producers could not obtain the rights of the material, so he made Dress to Kill instead. Um, Freakin sent the film to the MPAA with 40 extra minutes of footage that he had no intention of keeping, and which amounted to pure male pornography. It was a bait. And, it was a bait and switch to give the MPAA. It was a bait and switch to keep, give the MPAA something to demand he cut with the hope that they'd leave him the rest. But he still had to go back fifty times to secure an R rating. God damn! During a murder scene in a room at St. James Hotel, where a man is stabbed to death on a bed, director William, William Freakin edited in several near subliminal frames from a gay hardcore movie that can clearly be seen in slow mo if you watch the DVD. This movie is still banned in Finland, Iran, and South America. (laughs) Or South Africa, sorry. South America. That's not a country. It's continent. In an effort to make the scenes of gay leather bars as real as possible, actual leather bars in New York City that catered to gay men are reused. The locations are in Manhattan's Lower West Side neighborhoods in the Meatpacking District, (laughs) most of which remain open to this day. The extras, full black leather and chaps, <laughs> among other provocative and sexual attire, were actual patrons of the bar, recruited for the scenes a few days before filming. They were instructed to act as they normally would act in gay bars, but to tone down sexually oriented activities because of the likelihood these acts would give the film an X rating. Um, James A. Contner, he's the cinematographer, originally wanted to shoot the film in black and white as he felt it would fit the look of the S&M world, which I think would have been cool. Um... Joe Spinell made this movie before Maniac, playing a brutal, closeted police officer in the early scenes. His character mentions his wife leaving him and moving to Florida with their young daughter to live with his wife's sister. In real life, Spinell's wife, porn star Jean Jennings, divorced him several weeks before the film and moved to Florida. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Quote, every incident in this film happened, says Freakins, regarding the various interactions we see between cops and potential perps. The cops patrolling this area at the time were known as the Pussy Posse. Uh, the L.A. punk like band, the, DiCaprio, in this, <laughs> like is that what he calls? Yes, this shit? yeah, it is. Like Spider-Man. Toby and DiCaprio and shit. Yeah, well, that's what they call themselves, but it's a different Sean thing. Aston yeah, no. Okay, good. Can you imagine Sean? Too short. Too, too short to be. Too, too short. Uh, uh, but ironically, Giovanni Ribisi is. No, yeah. I can see him. Yeah. L.A. punk band The Germs recorded five, <laughs> or, five or so songs express, expressly for the soundtrack to this movie, although only lion's share was actually used. During the recording sessions, director William Freakin was so energized by The Germs playing that he took to doing the pogo dance around the engineer's booth. Mm-hmm. Dude, they should have used Manimal for the, the, <laughs> the fucking, uh, for this movie. <laughs> uh, Robert De Niro and Roy Schneider both turned down the role of Steve Burns. Steven Spielberg was originally going to direct this movie, but ended up making Jaws instead. But that was like five years before, so I don't really know. Whatever. Um, Spielberg would have made Cruising about family, which would have been the weirdest fucking movie ever. Freakin made no claim or suggestion that Pacino's character is a killer, but allows the possibility that he may be. I told you uh, Kermit, right. Someone, this guy asked him how right. he did. I never, think I that never he's even thought of that. Asked, he asked, but like, I thought he was, was, asked, was open ended. I've yeah. always taken that. He was asked, no, right. no. He was asked how he directed Pacino for the final scene, seeing as he didn't tell him to play it like a killer, and he says he only told Pacino the following. You're happy to be home, you're happy it's all over, and you're shaving, and then at a certain point, I want you to look in the mirror at the camera. He adds that, I don't know what the hell it means, and that's what the audience is supposed to figure out. Uh, The film uses different actors as the killer at various times and shares a voice between them, uh, because, quote, it's not an attempt to confuse about who the killer is, but to underline the fact that there were multiple murderers. The body of Ted Bailey, Don Scardino, is shown in a position modeled on the cover of David Bowie's album, Lodger. And, quote, it's also an inter- interesting position to find a dead body in. That's what William Freakin said. So, okay. That is my trivia. Sorry I had so much. Okay. I do have to throw something in there. So we talked about Freakin going, trying to get his freak on. 
Trying to get his freak on. These bars. So I was looking up pictures of him, and like for a while, I was like, "Oh man, he looks like like this kind of like handsome Donald Fagan type." Like, I, I like He's Donald, totally Fagan. Donald Fagan's like, in Silly Dan. Uh-huh. But it was like, uh, yeah. yeah, freaking can get it. And then I saw like a picture. <laughs> freaking uh, can get it. But then I saw a picture from like around the time that this oh, movie yeah. was made, and he kind of looks like Mark David Chapman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Chad, that's like, the freaking happening. Oh, yeah. So and and too much of a JD Salinger hater. So yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Richard Cox, who was in this, was also in Hellhole with Robert Zadar. It's important to know. Robert Zadar. That's what the working title for this movie was: was get in my hellhole, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Brad, what do you rate this movie? Out of out of five. Out of five. Um, I do really like this movie a lot, and I think it does. It doesn't. Anytime it gets boring, it doesn't stay boring for long, I feel like. You're right on that, yeah. Um, like, I think something does happen, like, every five, ten minutes. Um, I will say that fucking scene that I was talking about earlier is... Which one? The where Karen what? Allen starts going down on him. Oh, yeah, And yeah. the oh, yeah. sound, like, drowns out into the, like, queer club music. Yeah. And he starts, like, tearing <laughs> up. It's like, it's, I don't know. It's I mean, such Frank a good, a like, great director. I know. And actually, and I don't think a lot of that shows in this fucking movie. It like, doesn't. this movie is a stinker for, for the for people Friedkin. that are for involved Friedkin, with it. For Friedkin and the actors, it really is. I think it is. But I but it's do good. think it's a really good, like, cult movie. If it was like, anyone else that directed it, well, besides, like, the... Bi- uh, obviously, besides like France for Coppola or like Martin Scorsese, besides the big biggies, yeah, I would well, be like, this movie's fucking amazing. But knowing Friedkin and the other work that he's done, it's like, I don't. That's thing. It's a misstep for him. It's really well. I mean, because big time motherfuckers aren't supposed to direct movies like this at a certain point, you know? Yeah, but and, I mean, he was super, like, he was so into wanting to do this movie. Yeah, I guess, because he was running around a fucking drunk strap for, for three for months. For months, yeah. <laughs> like, I guess he was into it. But um, <laughs> um I'm going to give it a fucking four, because um, I do like it a lot. Um, I probably hadn't seen it in, like, ten years until I watched it the uh, other day. And yeah, I, was I haven't like, seen it in a while. I like this fucking movie. Until I watched it again recently. Wait, what do you give it, Nick? I, I, I give it a four as well. Um, I, I have I own this movie on VHS. I, I love this fucking movie. Uh, it's not my favorite freaking movie. That one is To Live and Die in L.A. Mine but, is uh, The Exorcist. Uh, but, uh, no. no. To, to be basic wait. about it. To Live and Die in L.A. is your favorite. Dude, the car chase in that okay. is, yeah, I, and I like uh, the French Connection, but the, French car, connection is the car chase in To Live and Die in L.A. is the best car Both chase I've great. ever seen in any movie. Yeah. Like, and that shit's like fucking awesome. No, I, I just, I like that movie a lot. It's a fucking badass movie. I give it um, a 3.75. I'm going, it's, that's high for me. I'm going 3.75 as well. I think I there are it. definite missteps in it. I think there's underutilization of I, It of, wasn't clear to me that actors. there were multiple killers like until Well, like, you're I had never, to rethink you're about never, the movie. Everything is a, very ambiguous about that. That's the point. So, and I don't think you like that cuz you like things to be told to you. So. Thank you for <laughs> so, telling you're me. You're welcome. So. My favorite freaking movie is Blue Chips. With Shaq. Is this fucking directed Blue Chips? Yeah, that is. Yes. Is that not the weirdest shit you've ever heard? I had no idea. Blue Chips is good. Shaq is in it. Yeah. Nick Nolte, baby. Shark face. So stay gagged on um, handkerchiefs. Stay gagged on zipper face. Stay gagged on blue chips. (laughs) Stay gagged on Nick Nolte. I want some fish and chips. No, don't do that, dude. Some Atlantic Stay gagged on... uh, I'll say this for... The Nick's gone bad. Stay gagged for... uh, On Brad, if you're a... Mike. Really? (laughs) No. No. Absolutely not. I wasn't giving you... I wasn't giving consent for you to do that. I was just saying you would want to. Did you guys read it? 
Yeah, I said gave it a three point seven five. So did he. Oh, three seven five. Low, low, low. It's not for me. That's pretty high for me. Yeah. Um, Let's move yours. Stay gagged on all of our social it was media. So serious. Instagram, TikTok, gag me with a knife podcast. Twitter, Hi, gag knife pod. Hi, Katie. Sorry, we talked about a lot of butt stuff and didn't talk about you. Butt stuff, butt stuff, butt stuff. Katie, butt stuff. Best of Katie, butt sex. All that hand, stick it up. What? What's stick that? It up. What the fuck stick, are you talking stick, about? Stick it up that butt. Okay. Um, Vaseline hands. Become you know, like a Patreon for member shout outs. Vaseline hands? For, for, he doesn't even know what lube is. Yeah. He uses, he's used Vaseline for oh, fucking lube. Anyway, okay. I do uh, like a grandpa a would have done it. The water has to touch his I jack dry, man. Gross. I jack dry. We had a conversation about that, about like, and it being Jack like and horrible. Like, it was like a, a joke conversation <laughs> with about Jack. I cannot believe you brought that up. I jack dry. Go tell him. You should go tell him that because we had a whole conversation Does about that. That's like, disgusting. Lotion? Yes, tissues. idiot. Anyway, um, yeah, you watch Jack Dry? What? No one Jack Dry, Jack dude. <laughs> no one does that, bro. Do you spit? Dude, uh, all right. Hey, guys. Okay, become <laughs> a Patreon for member shoutouts. Jack and Dry. Can you not right now for member shoutouts, fan requested episodes, bonus exclusive episodes? Yeah, donate for that. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> and maybe to get, yeah, to get some mental will come health. in a future episode. All right, early access to episodes only, right? at www.patreon.com slash gagmewithanifepodcast and buy our merch at gagmewithanifepodcast.com. There's no come on it. So we'll see you next time for Mom, more action slashers. The new podcast. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> I did not say I jacked right. No one, no one I said, does. I said, does, no does Brad jack right? The new podcast. No one does except <laughs> you. That's so bizarre. Bye.